everyone. I am Melissa Ambers, your host with Savvy the Business Podcast. And we are on with Ms. Cheryl Parks today. This is someone that I really, really, really want to share with you because I met her through a program that I'm going through. And not only did I just love her spirit, but the information that she have to um, share with you and um, the assistance and wanting Sincerely wanting to help. That's just different, you know, in itself. You know, you have, you come across so many people that, you know, want to offer assistance and uh, say that they're there to do certain things. And it's just like, okay, you know, let me just answer your question, whatever. But with Cheryl, that's just a different spirit in there of, you know, wanting to help and giving you the information on the questions that you you ask and not just dangling a carrot and um, uh, not really giving you the, the solution, the response that you're really looking for. So because I came across her, I say it's only fair that I have to share her. I don't know how she feel about being shared, but we're going to share her <laughs> with, with some other people. So... Uh, let me jump in and um, go through her bio real quick. And you know how we do it. We're just going to jump in, chit-chat, have a little conversation. Cheryl is a consultant speak coach. And um, in her bio, um, I'm not going to hit everything because she has a lot of things going on. But we're going to hit try to hit some of the highlights to give you a little bit of who she is. So sales co uh, coach and consultant, the sales growth coach. Cheryl Parks, founder and chief growth officer of Consult Speak Coach, is on a mission to guide salespeople, teams, leaders to land more clients and revenue by aligning their processes with their buyers' decision-making processes in today's world of sales. She began leveraging her brand, the Sales Growth Coach, in 2019. During her 25-year career, she sold over 25 million, yes, million and develop hundreds of lawyer clients in the fortune 1000 segment she outlines her proprietary heart that's an acronym h-e-a-r-t center framework and the importance of determining your own mindset destination in your signature uh, sales coaching program land more clients the focus of the program is to align your sales process efficiently with the buyer's decision-making journey in today's environment she appeared on regional television shows, podcasts, keynote speaking events where salespeople, entrepreneurs, and corporate leaders are turned into adjust their strategies around today's sales processes. Okay, like I said, there's so much more about Cheryl, but that's enough to give you a little teaser on what you're getting ready to get into. So thank you so much, Cheryl, for coming on and joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate the very the beautiful introduction. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> absolutely. It's the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, especially when we're looking to grow and um, as you know, everybody's throwing coach on their name. And anytime I have a coach come on, okay, what's, you know, difference you from others. And mm -hmm. a lot of them, like I said, you know, they want to charge you a fee, but they're really not giving you those solutions and they're really mm -hmm. not giving you, um, the answers. So, I mean, this is with anybody. I mean, even if you go to Walmart and purchase something, whatever you pay for, you want to be sure that you're getting what 
whatever that product or service is. And if not, you're going to get your receipt and you're going to go return it or, you know, do what you got to do with that. So I think it's the same thing with, you know, service-based businesses. It should be the exact same way. And, you know, your spirit of just wanting to sincerely, you know, not only help someone, but if we're asking a question, is okay, well, let me help you, you know, with this, you know, here are some things that we need to do, or, you know, here's the steps of how you need to follow. And you're very clear on that. So I just think that's just important to have that, you know, for entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business and to step into a different, you know, um, um, area of their, their business. And it's a push. We all need a push. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about you now. <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> so tell us, you know, let's start off with as a coach, what sets you different from other coaches and why did you decide to call yourself a coach? Okay. So people ask me how long I've been a coach. And I always say officially two years all my life because I've always been a coach. Um, I was an individual contributor during my 25 years in corporate. I, what differentiates me from a lot of coaches is I actually have been in sales. I've actually made tens of thousands of phone calls. I've gotten responses from people and I had to think on my feet to understand how to help them with their decision-making journey. And really my success in sales went all the way back to that. Like I always, you know, the word help. A lot of people don't know this, but the, the word sales actually comes from the Latin derivative to serve. And so we get lost in this idea that sales means to make the transaction. It actually means to serve your buyer and help them on their journey of making decisions. And that doesn't necessarily always mean pushing them to the end of the journey. It means you want to help them make the next decision and the next decision and the next decision. And we get lost in it trying to get to the end and close the deal. And then the buyer's feeling some kind of way. And then you come away, like not you personally, but people come away feeling um, defeated or deflated or I didn't know the answer. And it's, it's a much more simple task. It's a much more simple journey if you really just align yourself with what the buyer is, how they're trying to make a decision. And that's what makes it fun is that all buyers are different. <laughs> like there's not buyers buy based on emotion and then they support it with logic there are not two buyers in this world that have the same experiences, the same emotional tie to things, and will make the same decision based on their logic. So it's up to us as salespeople and as business owners and as corporate leaders to understand what is supporting your buyer in their decision-making. Wow, that is, I mean, we could go on and on about that, you know, but... Um, I love the way that you put that, that, you know, it's about serving and mm -hmm. serving your customer. Um, before we go in, introduce yourself. Hey, these are my services. These are my packages. Do you want it? Um, and I, I think that's important to, to understand that. And that goes back to the mindset of an entrepreneur. So how would you, um, post and pre-COVID, what would you say about the mindset of entrepreneurs now? Yeah, it is. This landscape is completely different now. And I'll give you a little bit of um, why, you know, why she's saying that and how, how does she know? Well, I know because I sold 
Um, I've been in sales 25 years. So that means I sold through the tragedy of 9-11 in 2001. Okay. I sold through the financial downturn of 2008, 2009. And I saw the shifts in the way buyers make decisions. Prior to 2008, 2009, we'll, we'll stick with that one. Well, let me back up. I always use this example. So after the tragedy of 9-11 in 2001, it used to be we would walk into an airport with our family in tow and go all the way to the gate, wave goodbye to grandma, see you later. And then she'd be waving from the plane. We don't do that anymore because everything changed. There's no way that they can allow that many people into the airport scenario, right? So um, that's to begin. To go to the next step in 08, 09, you... A lot of people may recognize this, but we sign a lot more papers specifically related to the mortgage industry, right? So there are, you know, there are uh, compliance and regulatory issues that were put in place after 0809 to protect the buyer because a lot of buyers got into specifically mortgages and business deals that went bad. And, and it could have literally crippled and it did our economy for a period of time. So here we are post COVID or coming out of COVID, COVID. And what I see now is the trust factor that is required to connect with your buyer is exponentially through the roof. And I'll tell you why. First and foremost, and this is not a political statement, there are so many of us that are just merely watching how close a stranger gets to us, right? You know, just as a human instinct, we're paying attention to when someone's coughing. Are they coughing too hard? Are they not coughing too hard? (laughs) Right? So there are little trust factors that come into this. And instinctively, we are already there as as humans, right? Survival of the fittest type of scenario. So to go beyond that, it becomes a matter of, can I trust you? Can I trust what you're saying? Are you in it for me? Or are you in it for you or your company or your business? And as you begin to understand that buyers buyers want to buy. They want a solution. They want a transformation. That's why we go and we purchase things, um, whether it be coaching programs or products to solve a problem for us. What they don't want to buy is something you made reference to is something that is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to transform me. It's not going to be a needle mover. And now I have to go out and spend my time again to go find that thing. So it's not only just about the money, right? And the fact that we've invested in things that don't come to fruition, but it's also our time and energy. And buyers, whether they be corporate buyers, business owners, um, consumers, it takes time to research and review and assess and make that decision. I always tell people, congratulations when you make a big decision, because for the most part, we all take some time to do it. So those are just a few pieces around why this buying landscape, this sales landscape, this business landscape is totally different than it was pre-COVID. And it won't go back. (laughs) It's not. Well, I tell a lot of people, um, uh, the clients I work with on like the the media side of my business is it's a new normal. And Mm -hmm. so many is, oh, quit saying that's not a new normal. We're going to go back. I said, no, we're not. And I I even use 9-11 as a great example. Before 9-11, you know, we didn't, like you said, the security and all of that, we didn't have that. Yes, it ramped up during that time frame, but guess what? It didn't change. That became our normal. So, you know, all these years later, we still know now 
if you're going to the airport, okay, I need to get there almost two, three hours early because of parking, checking in, all of these different things. You got to, you know, take your shoes off, take your belts off, sometimes take your socks off. And all of those things you have to prepare for so you're not the one that's running through the airport out of breath trying to get to your gate and all of that. You want to comfortably walk, take your time, and get to where you have to go. So there is a new normal with so many different things. Um, I mean, technology is always going to be here. It's not going anywhere, but it's even more in demand right now because people are still... Um, some are not secure about going out to the big networking events and the meetings and all these different things, but there are some people that are ready to get out and do those things. So you just have to be prepared for whatever that customer wants to do. Yes. Even though you may be gung-ho and all of that, you have to be prepared and ready to um, answer and respond to whatever that is and how they want that to be done. So... It's all about, you know, gearing up and accepting it is what it is. We're not going back to what it was. Um, it's going to be so many companies that's implementing hybrid now. So many that's already doing it. So we just have to get used to that. But as an entrepreneur, um, the mindset of, you know, creating that strategy and shifting your mindset into that new normal, what are some of the things that you've seen that entrepreneurs, they're not getting it? They're not, you know, making that shift? That's a really good question. So um, first and foremost, and it's been this way forever. So this shift in sales landscape and business landscape has been happening for, I would say, probably seven or eight years. And I think uh, the COVID situation has made it hardwired, right? So alluding to what you just said, understanding that buyers need options, whether it be options to buy, options to pay, options to understand your program or your product. Uh, they need to be uh, messaged in a variety of ways now, right? So we have, you know, email and text message and Slack and Voxer and all of these tools. And buyers, one buyer might want to be messaged via text, the other might find it very, very offensive that you're texting them because it's invasive. So understanding the best ways to communicate with your buyer, um, highly likely it's email, but that does not mean that that's the end all. Some buyers would prefer voice messaging or video messaging for that matter. So that's number one. It's just understanding the variety of ways you can speak to your buyer. Um, with regard to mindset, I think it's also getting away from this idea of we do have to have a pitch but your pitch, our pitches are not the preeminent, like that's what's going to make the, the yes. moon, the sky and the sun align. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I will say that um, what I've always loved is the qualification process or the discovery process. The discovery process will allow you as a business owner to have a business conversation around What's of interest to your buyer and how do they make decisions? I'm going to drop two questions that tend to be nuggets here. As a business person, business owner, anyone that is selling a service or a product, asking the question have you of your buyer, have you ever made a decision like this before, right? If you're selling high ticket and you don't know whether the buyer has actually invested somewhere before, that's going to be pretty important. And I'll tell you why. It goes right back to trust. If I've already invested, we'll stay on the coaching scenario. 
if I invested with a business coach and I invested at a $10,000 or more level, and I don't feel that I got the transformation and the outcome that I was investing in, when the next person comes along as a coach, consultant, et cetera, and they're just pitching, they're going in and they're saying, this is what I do and how I do it. This is what all the people tell will tell you about me. And you never ask the question, have you ever invested in something like this before? You'll never know that they have, they may have some buyer's remorse in their background. They may have an idea that, well, they may be on pause because they're looking, thinking to themselves, I didn't get it last time. And that person said the same thing you're saying, <laughs> right? They showed me lots of testimonials and I'm big on seasons too. understanding what season you're in. Right. So I will tell you, right. I will tell you when I went through um, my business coaches program and she's phenomenal. There was a portion of it that was uh, directed and dedicated to Facebook ads. I was just getting into my having launched my official business. I had no business even listening to anything about Facebook ads because my my entire mindset was not positioned for that. Facebook ads, some of the other things that are out there, they're very intricate. There are lots of things that are used and leveraged. And if you're listening to how that works and you're not in the season, you're just, you're going to sit going, I don't even understand what we're talking about. What's a pixel, right? I mean, what do you mean lookalike audience? What are you talking about, right? So there are lots of things that um, if you're not in the season for it, just know that, you know, take it in, make a note of it and understand that you will be in the season for it at some point, And then you'll have a reference point to go back to. So I'm big on reference points and giving myself grace to understand when I'm actually in the season for something or not. And just knowing that it's there as opposed to trying to understand something that might not be a fit. So I'm big on staying in your lane and knowing your season. Enjoy up to four nights of resort and casino accommodations in exciting Las Vegas, Nevada. Millions of people travel to this exciting city each year to enjoy its thrills. Thanks to the business you received the certificate from, now you can enjoy Las Vegas too. Activate your offer now. We contract with world-leading hotel chains and resorts to help them fill their otherwise empty rooms, which the hotels, resorts, and cruise lines turn into additional revenue from other areas of their property and future bookings. You will receive up to four nights in a three-star or better Las Vegas resort and casino for up to four travelers, two adults, and two children. Redeem your certificate to activate your offer and start planning your vacation today. David R. from Flagstaff, Arizona said, the rooms and service were excellent. Going through the travel agency was simple and easy on the purse strings. So what are you waiting for? Activate your offer today. My God. <laughs> all right, we're hitting the show. She done hit it all. <laughs> Man, um, I mean, I'm like, okay, let's start with pitch. Um, so many are trained that you have to pitch your client. Pitch your buyer. What is your pitch? Put your pitch together. What you know is pitch, 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 pitch. And one thing that I've learned throughout the program that I'm going through is you you are kind of pitching, but you're really not. It's more so of figuring out how to get in and have that genuine conversation and not talking to them and talk with them. So it's uh, making a difference with that. So 
we're going to start with pitch. And what are your thoughts on shifting the pitch mindset? This is a really good question. And I'm going to give you an example because um, I am a firm believer that stories stick a lot stronger than pitches. So to that point, I'll give you an example. So typically, this is not my pitch, but this is something that I have a conversation with corporate leaders about because there are lots of different salespeople and, and the way they think is important. So growing up, I was literally exposed to lots of different activities, horseback riding, skiing, bowling, ceramics, all kinds of stuff. Um, at some point, my parents decided to move from New York to California. And if I was kind of shy around, you know, going into high school, I became debilitatingly shy in my high school years. So shy that I would not even ring the bell on the bus to get off the bus. I would just ride along, right? I would just ride along to the next person's stop, get off with them and walk back to wherever I was going. Cause I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want, I thought people would be wondering where's she going? What's she doing? Why is she standing up? This is the self chatter that goes on in your head. Uh, some people said, <laughs> and so I literally had to make a mindset shift. I got to about 24, 25, and I was a single mom. And I knew there's no way I'm gonna accomplish my goals and there's no way I can be a voice and advocate for my, my child if I'm not speaking up. So from there, did a lot of mindset coaching for myself and understanding the various ways and things that I could do to train my mindset to go in a different direction. Whatever you tell your mind is where you're going to go. Your mind is going, your brain's going to follow what you tell yourself. So if you tell yourself, I don't know if I'm going to get this deal. Well, that's probably where you're, that's probably how all your actions will show up. Long story shorter, 25 years in sales later, talking to Fortune 1000s like Wells Fargo, Kaiser Permanente, and Discover Financial, I built a brand based on a lot of what we're talking about today. Okay, so that's not my pitch but I can guarantee most people will remember that story more than they're gonna remember that I am the sales growth coach. I provide a heart-centered framework to help my clients land more, land more clients so that they can speak in their own natural voice. The second part is my pitch. The first part is my story of why I'm sitting in front of you. And that is more gravitating for people. I saw your reaction when I said, I didn't ring the bell on the bus. People gravitate towards story. So if you can craft your story and your pitch together, you will have you will make significantly more impact than if you are simply pitching. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, we all have a reason that we launched a business or decided this was my zone of genius and I have to share it and I need to get out there and I need to talk to people. Why is that? So always kind of include your why when you're talking to people because that's another reason buyers buy. Buyers will buy based on, especially today, the alignment of what you do with what I think as a buyer, okay? We all know that. If you tell me that you are aligned with someone that I absolutely disagree with, I may buy, but I'm probably gonna pause. <laughs> I wanna know more. Like, how aligned are you? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so those, those are the types of things. Buyers really, and that's what you see with technology is we're able to really understand the brand, who the person is. I mean, there's lots of great things that have come from technology in terms of uh, small business owners and solopreneurs being able to get their brand out to the universe, which, for example, me sitting here right now, being able to get my brand out to your viewership. 
So yeah, it's, it's a really great thing. And it's your mindset has to be something where you are differentiating yourself and why you do what you do as a part of your pitch. Well, I hope y'all taking notes. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so based on that, why you do what you do is part of discovering you. So for someone that thinks, okay, share this with you. Um, I had met this girl, I want to say seven, eight years ago, I think. Um, and she called herself a coach as well. And we just end up bordering and helping each other with, you know, some, some, a lot of things. And I just pretty much just, we just started, you know, we stayed connected. I got to know her kids. Her kids got to know me. And we went through the whole thing. And we were on the phone one day. Uh, we was on a Zoom call. She's here, but we were just still on a Zoom call talking. And I, she was somewhat taking me through that discovery thing. But at the time, it didn't click for me. And the things that she was saying and doing, honestly, I got in my feelings. I was like, talk to me? She What? Why she tell me like I said, mm -mm, I'll talk to her later. And in the midst of us talking, she just got up and walked away. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe something happened with the kids. She had to go run, check on the kids. So I'm sitting there waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, no, I'm fixing to hang up. I said, she... And then she came back on the screen. I said, I bet she was standing behind this camera listening to me. <laughs> and she finally came back on. We finished the conversation. And I didn't talk to her for maybe a couple of days. And she kind of explained herself. I was still kind of salty. But it really didn't click, click to me until probably a month later after that conversation. So sometimes I think when we're going through that discovery process and someone that is sincerely giving us that critique, whether we like it or not, we fall off. And especially if it's we really don't like it and we think, oh, but you're just being a hater or you're jealous and we're not really wanting to tune in. And I don't know what made me continue having conversations with her. I, I don't know. But whatever that divine connection was, it made us stay connected. And a month later, I got what she was trying to say. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, then it made me shift because I am a, a lot of people don't know, I am a super, super introvert till, <laughs> you know, COVID came. I'm like, I'm good. I can stay in the house. What y'all talking about? I'm good. <laughs> you know, but you have to know, like you say, that shyness part you have. I've never been shy, but I'm truly introverted. I could go in a room, put me in the back corner. Y'all don't have to sit at the table with me. I'm good. <laughs> you know? But I have to get out of that. And thinking about the things that she did, me understanding that if you want to be an entrepreneur, these are some of the things that you're going to have to do, like it or not. And you're going to have to get out of your way of that thing. So by doing that, nobody ever would have thought, one, I'm doing podcasts. But it's, it's getting out of your way through that discovery piece and long as you have someone that's sincerely trying to help you and give you that advice, just stick with it. No, you may not agree. Yes, your face going to get cracked. You got to pick it up. All that good stuff. You're going to want to fight. You're going to want to cuss. You want to do all that stuff. But eventually, give it some time. Eventually, it'll come back. And even after that, I'm going to even say maybe, maybe a year or so after that, things were still happening where I was still like, 
oh, okay, oh, okay. So I said that to say through the discovery mode of an entrepreneur, for those that's in that space of thinking that they know everything, they're so set in their ways and not understand growth means change. What do you say to an entrepreneur that's in that space? Do you have a plan to pivot your business? Come to the marketing studio. Not only will we help you create a plan to pivot your business, but we'll also help you to enhance your brand. The marketing studio. Go to our website, www.smginc.biz, or you can send us an email to media at smginc.biz. So it's, it's the most important thing you can do. Like I am getting tripped up just trying to express how valuable it is to become a learner. So one of the things that I see with business owners primarily um, is that once we become experts, it is really difficult to let the expert go and become a student. And there's a very fine line of crossing over and back and crossing over and back so that I can tell you this though, um, even before I go to the second point, your buyer views you as an expert based upon the questions you ask, not upon what you tell them. (laughs) Your line of questioning leads the conversation. The more questions you can ask, the more powerful questions you can ask to illuminate exactly what the issue is and where their desired state is, that is exactly what lets them know you're an expert. Have you ever asked someone a question? Um, maybe some of your viewers will even think this. You may have asked someone a question and someone goes, that's such a good question. I never thought of that. You want to challenge the thought process. You want to disrupt their thought process because if they had gotten their solution previously, they wouldn't be talking to you. They're talking to you because they need a, le- a level of disruption around how they're doing things, the way they're thinking. I will also add, and I have to say this, I have a group of accountability partners that are fire. (laughs) So I have three partners and I, we get together every Tuesday. We're generally, it's now like a mastermind call. We're generally on our Zoom call for about two to three hours, which is a lot of time to dedicate. We've been doing this for two years without fail. And then the second piece of it is I have one other accountability partner and we get together every Friday. And it really, if if that's the only thing you do, much like the uh, description of the scenario that you just gave, Melissa, it's speaking the words, right? And you're saying, asking the questions so that you know what they sound like when they land, so that you know when the person goes, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, what did you say? What's your question? Because I always tell people, you can't speak Spanish. If you don't speak Spanish or French, you can't learn to speak that those languages if you don't say the words. Just like business acumen, just like sales, just like your pitch. If you aren't saying the words, speaking it to people, strangers, your five-year-old, your husband, your family, if you're not saying the words out loud to see how it lands and to see what looks you get and what questions you get, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice because that's the only way you're going to be ready when a client comes to you and or when you're trying to scale, right? You're trying to scale and get to higher levels and talk to people outside the niche you're used to speaking in, things like things of that nature. So I would definitely say, say the words, 
I would say that's number one. And then the second piece is just keep your mindset in the frame of learning and being a student. You can maintain your expert. It doesn't go away. <laughs> You're always going to be the expert. But at the same time, experts are learners. They really dive in and learn. I mean, you know, because I know you're a learner. I, I see the work that you do. Um, yeah, I, I always know when there are people that are doing high level, very laser focused work, you can tell because they're really getting into the deep details of understanding their audience and how they can bring value. And that's really, it, it shows, it shows up loud and clear. And it also shows up when people aren't doing the work because maybe they're holding on to their expertise. It was hard for me when I started. I wanted people to just know like, hey, I actually have sold. At, yeah. at some point, people know that. You, like they will realize that based on the way you approach your questions, your life, you know, things of that nature, how you move in the world. This is one of the you just want to dance on. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, but if, if nobody gets nothing out of this, Shut the doors, lock the doors, <laughs> and just go go turn in an application somewhere. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all. I'm yeah, gonna say. unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, right. I mean, this is like. I mean, this is just. I mean, you can't you can't beat this. And only thing that is costing you right now is your time. So come on, people, let's get with it. Um, why do you think mindset development is so important? I think just based on what we were talking about, about the way the world changes, right? So as the world changes and as we go through, we won't hopefully ever see another crisis like the COVID crisis that we're in right now, Please, but, yeah. right? Yes. So, but, you know, there may be other financial crises. Right now, supply chain is completely disrupted. Yes. And I can tell you, I was just in the store yesterday. It, it is showing up in our lives right now. If you're wondering why the shelves are empty, it's because the supply chain disruption is a real thing. So those types of things can happen. Um, and, and there may be a trickle effect from COVID, right? So we already know that, um, you know, employer, employers are seeking employees or seeking good employees that actually are motivated to actually work for them and not work for themselves. So all of these things are coming to fruition. And it's really important that we keep our minds open and we're understanding the landscape and how it's changing and what your buyer is saying or not saying or where your value point hits or doesn't hit and things of that nature. And I would say stay in your own zone of genius. There's nothing wrong with throwing and adding to it, but really stand firm on who you are because you are the only you. There's no one else out here that does what I do, that does what you do, Melissa, and connects the dots the way we do. So stand firm and know that that, that's one thing mindset wise, a lot of people have a little bit of a struggle with that. You're, you're the only person that can connect the dots in the way that you do as a business owner. And that comes from your experiences and your why and how you've decided to put your business together. And if you stand on that point, you know, the old thing, stand flat foot and sing, <laughs> you know, stand flat foot and be who you are because the time is so right for all of that right now. It was a long time coming. We finally are here. And so you can flourish in being who you are and bringing your voice to the table. I'm glad you said that because that kind of segues into um, uh, competition. Um, regardless of what industry um, you're in, don't focus so much on being competitive. 
you know, the saying that it's enough money out here for all of us, it is. We just have mm -hmm. to figure out how we need to shift our mindset and do whatever it is that we need to do. Maybe even rebrand. Don't be so stuck on, I know we're jumping off a little bit, but don't be so stuck on whatever that brand is because you're just so locked in that I like the name because it was cute or it reminds me of this person or that person. That is not how you brand a business, first and foremost. Let's start there. So that's a whole nother thing that you need to do with that to brand that. But um, don't be so stuck on that. And even if you thought you thought everything out with the name and all of that, and if you get a coach or uh, someone that's coming in to help you and they're suggesting a name change, logo change, color change, listen to the reason of why and be open to that and not just so stuck in that, that piece of it's cute, I like it, you really have no meaning behind it. Oh, I always like the color pink or I always like the color purple. What, what sense does it make? It has to make sense for the business because when... McDonald's came up with the arch. They didn't say, okay, this is a cute arch. Let's do it. They had a branding session to figure that out. Walmart, McDonald's, Jack in the Box, uh, GE, all of these huge brands, they didn't just come up with that because it was cute or they liked the color. It was a reason behind that branding to attract you, the consumer, to them. So... Be open to that, okay? Off my soapbox, we're going to go back now. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, just really have to understand that. Um, How do you know your mindset development is working? So, for me, and I'm going to drop some gems, but I want to add on to what you said, which is super important. So, consider, and I know we're not all trying to grow to be the size of Amazon. Amazon started as a bookstore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix started as a DVD supplier. Like these are real things. And they literally looked to see where the market was going, what the consumers needed, where they, where they placed value. And they basically got out ahead of that. So that what you just said is so, so, so important. So to get to how do I measure, I think the question was how do I measure my mindset or how do I measure that my mindset's in the right area? Okay, so there are things in sales called key performance indicators. In other programs, they're called um, incoming producing activities, right? So key performance indicators end up being how you measure how well things are going. A lot of times it's not just sales. It's not just the sales revenue that your business is bringing in or not bringing in. It also could be, you know, um, number of podcasts I did per month, right? So where did I, where did I um, appear as a guest? That could be how I get my brand out. It also could be uh, things like how many networking events did I go to and how many, uh, the KPI on that would actually be how many connections did I make, right? So if you're using a tool like LinkedIn, it becomes how many relationships am I actually uh, developing? So get to the outcome of what you're doing. So you've got your activity on the left side, all the things you're doing, and what's the outcome that you're expecting, set your goals, and then use those goals to understand whether your mindset shifting is actually making a difference for your business and for yourself as a business owner um, or not. So if you say that I want to create three new relationships this month and every month after month after month goes by and you're just doing the activity, but you're not building any room. And I mean relationships actually where someone will pick up the phone when you call because they know it's you, that's a relationship. Or someone will say, 
I'd like to be part of what you're doing. I'm here to support. That's a relationship. And they actually show up, not just this idea that we're sending out requests and we're just appearing places, but we don't have any way to track it on the back end. So to add to this, because I know that was a mindset question. So I have real key performance indicators that I evaluate every month, every quarter, every year. Um, sometimes every week, if I need to adjust. <laughs> um, but to add to that, in terms of my mindset, so for me to shift my mindset, here are a couple of nuggets. I started taking inventory on how my body felt as I would feel like I was shrinking. So if I got nervous, some people feel it here. Some people get a headache, they get sweaty palms. You might get a little kind of something in your stomach, feels like a knot in your stomach. Start to realize what your body goes through when you are trying to grow and start to acknowledge that. That is your body saying, oh no, we don't want you to do anything different. We just want you to sit here and do what you've always done and not grow and not do anything different because I'm here to protect you as your body. Well, your body doesn't need to protect you from growth, right? So I would just realize that I would get it sometimes here in my shoulders, you know, I get this thing. And then I would realize, and I would just say to myself, you know, I don't need you right now, instincts. I got this, I got this. And that self-talk in your head will allow you to start to grow because your instincts just need you to say, I'm not in danger, right? So that's number one. Other things you can do, I've used my voice recorder on my phone to create affirmations that I listen to every morning in my own voice, right? So all of a sudden, you know, those affirmations, I'm speaking them to life. You can make, um, I've done this and I still do it. I do it for vacations now, not so much for my mindset, but you can make your passwords to things related to your mindset shift. So I would just, and every, think of all the things we log into during the day. I mean, make something appropriate for your mindset shift and say, like, I remember way back, I would say um, I was gonna have an epic year so, or an epic quarter. So my passwords would be, Epic Q1, Epic Q1. And it would just be that over and over and over. And I'm logging in and I'm putting things in and I kept, my brain keeps hearing Epic, 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 right? And I know what Epic means to me. So pick something, a mantra that you can actually make a part of your daily life that you are going to be logging in, typing in those words every day. And that way you'll start to move your mindset. Again, where you tell your brain to go is where you're going. So you want to be really clear about what you're saying to yourself, because that typically is where you're going to end up. I like that. Yeah. That's a different way. I like <laughs> that. So, yeah, you're right. We have a boatload of things that we log into daily. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Utilizing that word, we're incorporating that word into your mm -hmm. passwords. I like that. So. What is a key thing that you would want to leave with the audience today? I would say your mindset is your greatest asset. Most of us think the supercomputer is it. It is not. Your mind, your mind is your greatest asset. It will take you to places that nothing else can ever take you to. And that, and I want to be really clear. There are people in this world that are that are struggling, right? That are having a really difficult time. The people that are, you know, maybe extroverts that want to be out, but know that maybe they're at risk or they're compromised or lots of different things. There are big decisions going on. Am I getting the vaccine? Am I not? Am I 
wearing a mask? Am I not? All of these things. So I want to be clear for people that are struggling too. Your mindset is your greatest asset, whether you are doing fantastic and you're scaling or you literally are just having a hard time getting out of your own way. As Melissa mentioned earlier, I would say that is the biggest thing you can do. And then understanding to go back to the sales scenario or the business scenario, understanding that your ability to ask powerful questions, receive the responses, and then use your brain, use your super, your supercomputer and your brain to actually begin to digest and convert that to solutions for your client. That's one of the key things. And really, no one teaches that. No one teaches how you take in what they say and you humbly and powerfully deliver how you can solve it, right? And I'm just gonna say this. So when someone says, I need water, are you saying, we sell water? I need bottled water. We sell bottled water. Okay, though that's not leading a conversation, taking it, why do you need water? What type of water do you need? Do you need it to be bottled or does it have to be, does it need to be distilled? I mean, I don't know all the water types, but you know what I mean? Starting to understand why they're looking for it and how it's going to impact them. It's going to impact me because my house is on fire. I need water out of a hose, not in a bottle, right? So understanding that there are things that your buyer needs that they may not necessarily put out there right away. So it's up to us to ask humbly, powerful questions and deliver our solutions. And that is all mindset and the way you use what you have. And we all have it, so keep going. That's the other thing, keep going. Wow. Okay, so everybody uh, contact Cheryl so you can understand how to use your words and understand yes. words, use the words, contact Cheryl. <laughs> Let everybody know how they can reach you, social media, website, all the good stuff. Absolutely. So um, let's see. So I'm on most social media. I would say uh, my website is www.thesalesgrowthcoach.com. You're more than welcome to go there, subscribe, schedule your discovery call with me. I would love to have communication and contact with people. So please don't feel like you have to be ready to invest somewhere because you don't. Um, I just really like to understand where you are, where you're trying to be. And if I see things that could be supportive for you, I will send them your way. So that's number one. Um, also on Instagram, Facebook, um, as well as sometimes I'm in Clubhouse. So if you're a Clubhouse user, I'm there as well. Uh, all of my handles are the sales growth coach, the sales growth coach. You can find me in a multitude of places. Probably the only place that I'm not active is Twitter. Okay. Well, there okay. you have it. Thank yes. you so much, Cheryl, for joining us today. And I wish we could go on and on and on, but we'll just do it again. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so Absolutely. Much. Thank you very much for having me. And as I said, anything, anything you need, happy to do it again when we get to the next season. That's great. Great. Do you want your business in front of an international audience? Advertise with us today. Savvy the Business Podcast. Send us an email at media at savvymag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Send it today. Don't get left out. Thank you for joining us on Savvy, the business podcast. If you want to be a guest, send an email to media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. 
Don't miss out on the opportunity to be heard by millions.